When it comes to culture, I think often um, employees forget the role that they play in contributing to that culture. And if you're complaining about it and you're not kind of leading the way, with it, then you're, you're as much a part of the problem as your leadership is. Is the thought of being imperfect keeping you from taking action? Welcome to Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. Each week, we give you real-life stories and thought-provoking research that inspires your soul to live a more fulfilled life through your own actions. From the heart of Calgary, Canada, here are your hosts, award-winning coaches, Christopher Lawrence and Kyle Kalou. Hello, friends and family. You are here joining us on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. And I'm here with my nasty co-host, Kyle Kalou. <laughs> I, I actually might be today because I'm having some technical difficulties between my headset and my speaker. And I know how much you love to rag on me about, oh, you have to have your headphones and da 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 So anyway, so I might be jumping in and out. If that happens, I'm a little bit slow to respond. No, that's the challenge. <laughs> I wonder if you thought about coming prepared today. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> you're going to say that you do not create a culture for me to really excel. Is all I'm saying. I'll tell you what culture should be the cornerstone of every company and girl, if there's one thing I have, it's a cornerstone. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a headstone. I'll take care of that for you. <laughs> That's so awesome. You're such a bitch. Um, Oh, man. Okay. Let's talk about that for a second. Talk about can what? We talk about, <laughs> can we talk about culture being the cornerstone of every company today? Oh, man. You know, I have this thing about culture. You know, and I know you and I have talked about this many moons ago. I think you actually did a blog about culture just being, hey, it will happen. I think that's the thing that when we talk to our you know, people we work with, they don't realize culture is already there in your organization. The question is, was it deliberate or not? Yes. Right. Yes. We've done did a couple podcasts actually, on this. Exactly. Have you done something to make that deliberate? But here's the thing I find with culture is that it's the responsibility, I believe, of the leaders and the employees. It's probably, you know, amongst many other things, both of them actually work together to either create. I, I agree with you 100%. I find when, when culture isn't deliberate, it's usually mm -hmm. because leadership is saturated and sometimes yeah. they don't know, it, you know, but I find leadership saturated in the doing parts rather than the leading parts mm -hmm. uh, is, is a big part of it. And I find actually a lot of the employee base um, tends to kind of complain about culture. Mm -hmm. um, and listen, I'm like the ultimate employee advocate. I, I've coached over 2000 employees in the last 10 years. So, so I feel very confident saying mm -hmm. this. When it comes to culture, I think often um, employees forget the role that they play in contributing to that culture. And if you're yeah. complaining about it and you're not kind of leading the way with it, then you're, you're as much a part of the problem as your leadership is. Um, and I think if I can make one more point about this, mm -hmm. I think people underestimate how much is driven, particularly if, if you have a board of directors or shareholders, how much is driven by by um, keeping your shareholders happy and your board of and and board of director direction, 
right? Like I, I think people underestimate that, which doesn't mean it has to be a bad culture. I just think that people right. underestimate that it's, you know, it's because we're not having real conversations, oh, right? It's like, man. it's like, well, yeah. we're, we're, we're piecemealing bullshit together when actually we should just say that is not the direction that the board of directors want to go in. It's not good for our shareholders. And it's like, well, it shouldn't always be about the bottom line. And it's like, I agree with you, it shouldn't. But I think when we acknowledge that it is almost always about the bottom line, then we yeah. can actually start to build a culture that takes the bottom line into account and is a healthy, positive, amazing culture. But if everyone in your company doesn't know that we are here to make money first and foremost, number one, and keep our shareholders happy mm-hmm. or the owner happy, right. th- then you are totally out of line with, with what's happening. And, and it sounds really cold and cruel, but once you acknowledge that, then we can actually build a culture because it's the truth. Yeah. Uh, you know what? If we, if we go even that step, even if we go that step deeper and go out the box a little bit, because I agree with you, uh, financing, it's a currency. It's the bloodline for a lot of businesses, lots of employees. You need to pay your mortgage. You need to pay your rent. You need to pay your thing. We need that bloodline. And I think the bottom line is when you take a little spin on it, it's about actually culture. That truly is the bottom line, because if that is not working in unison, then how the hell are you going to make this money? How the hell are you going to be engaged? How the hell are you going to do all these other things, right? Now, interesting enough, last week, I actually did a workshop with a group, and we were talking about the great resignation and all this other stuff. Specifically, it was about a recent article that was published by McKinsey and Company um, back in September of 2021, where it reported that because of the isolation, the uncertainty, and the change about this pandemic with employees they're all craving human investment in the workplace now christopher here's the thing there is a talk about communication there's a disconnect between what the employers think is important to what the employees think and this report really this survey this research really identify that so there is no wonder there's no surprise why the cultures are not succinct They're not connected because if I'm the employer, and here's the thing that I'm finding in my experience is a lot of employers are so operationally um, uh, divided. They're so operationally focused that they're not people focused. Whereas the people are people focused, right? I'm not blaming the employers, but I'm just saying they gravitate naturally to operations Instead it's of people. A, it, yeah, it, it's more than one factor. Sorry, I just got to comment on this. You said there's a yeah. reason why it's not succinct. I think I think you meant synced. <laughs> yes, that too. So, <laughs> that too. so yeah, there's a there's a story that I want you to finish with that I remember from your time working in tourism, Kyle. But but mm-hmm. I, I wanted to get into some of the stuff here that's that's coming out in the research in terms of. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of like culture being a cornerstone. And I'm gonna tell you where some of it I disagree with. I'll give you uh, one. So we talk about strengthening loyalty, but actually I, I, don't, I don't agree with loyalty. I don't think loyalty can happen when, when you're trying to keep an owner or shareholders or a board of directors happy to hit certain number benchmarks, which is crap. I wish that that wasn't the way of the world, right. but it is the way of the world. We, right, we right. are predominantly capital at well. Okay, hang on. I'm going to get a bunch of economists on here blasting us. But, um, but, but instead of loyalty, I would actually focus on on engagement, fulfillment, and happiness. Right? Did you know that happy employees are 45 percent more productive? Like, not surprising at all. So, I would focus on engagement, on growth, on opportunity. People are like, you know, I had somebody say to me. Um, 
run a council that I'm on. It's like, you know, at what point in time do does the employee recognize that I pay them to do something? I said, but mm -hmm. that's the point though. You're not focused on them doing something. You're focused mm -hmm. on their time. And mm -hmm. so focus on their deliberal deliverables. deliverables. Forget about loyalty because loyalty is going to come and go. It's the flavor of the day. We're loyal until we're not. Look at what happened. It's like how many people worked for 30 years and then we hit our economic downturn and they get let go before retirement. Garbage. Garbage. Loyalty is dead. Focus on other things. Yeah. And I think this is where employers, uh, leaders specifically get really distracted with these operational things. So based on that story, but you were just asking about the story of tourism, the one I remember to prove and illustrate this point around when we're not focused on the right thing, which could really impact the cornerstone of culture. I worked with this other leaders. Now at the time I reported to this leader, you know, um, and people would always like from the front line would ask about certain things. Even I asked about doing certain things differently, either, you know, a process procedure or just fundamentally a, a, something we want to do differently. And her response usually- Just a second, what was the one ask that you made that triggered this? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I remember, but there's so many, right? There's just so many can you, things. Can you give an example though? Because I think our listeners would like to hear a specific um, example I of think, like I think something that you one... asked for and she was kind of like, because I remember I think... this story. Yeah, well, what was the ask? Do you remember what it was about? I mean, you remember the story, but do you remember the deliberate ask or what it was? Say yeah, that again. Was... Sorry, do you remember the deliberate ask I did? Because you know I asked her a lot of things because I would tell you about this is what it was, right? Okay, so there, are, some of the asks could be, hey, you know what, our flexibility with the scheduling. Um, some of it could be, you know, understanding someone is going through something. And I remember a time we wanted to extend um, someone's uh, training. As you know, their their annual training as a, a I'm, I'm talking about specifically a flight crew that they would have to change their, their schedule. And this person had a snag where they need to change their schedule, but also this person had a history of changing their schedule all the time. And you know, from our experience, if you don't do your technical training in a certain period, then they go to another thing that you need Transport Canada to kind of jump in and do something else that goes with that. But anyway, they wanted to make the change. Now, they had a legit reason for that change. And we were saying, is there something we can do? Hi, Hero. Yeah. Uh, there's a quick little picture of uh, a little puppy. Oh, puppy there. Look if you're on YouTube, he, he came to say hi. <laughs> you could see his little face. My husband he wants to be back there, to but the then office, he does. so. And then he doesn't, he doesn't yeah, want yeah. attention. My, when my husband it. moved back to the office. So, so I'm at home alone now. So the dog gets a hundred percent of my time and attention. You're going to have to coordinate it. So anyway, yeah. I was asking her to make this change based on the individual uh, flight attendant need that, you know, she was explaining that she was going through something and, and we need to be able to make this change. And could we make that exception for her, right? Is when we be able to do it. And so she made the comment uh, about, well, if I do it for you, I have to do that for everybody. And I looked at her after and I was just like, well, not everyone is lining up the door with the same situation. How, why can we not look at the individual need and recognize that? And not only that, it wasn't even the individual flight tents really making an exception. We actually had a business decision. We had a company departmental process that was not serving the need of the frontline group. And so that's where we needed to make that change because although this was the one-off, I am sure that other people, and I said to her, what if other people needed it? So what? So what if other people needed it? See, that's the thing. I think we get so stuck in our thinking that we're not like, like 
we get so stuck in bias thinking thinking that our default position is no as opposed mm -hmm. to what's behind this is everybody asking do you know what happens if i do do this does it set a precedent if it needs to be an exception how can we ensure that this person knows that this is an exception because of their unique circumstance right it, i the, in that company we saw some really horrendous things totally. like, and, and and even in this situation when we went even further down because of course no i was a dog with a bone and i wouldn't let it go and so what ended up coming through, it was where she was getting stuck was she didn't know operationally how we were going to do it. Mm -hmm. And so because that wasn't clear for her, it was an automatic no. Instead of understanding, you know what, this may be a cultural thing. This may be something our people want and need, right? He's such a spoiled puppy, that guy. He is so spoiled. Like, um, so I, I agree. Sorry, he's distracting me. Okay, so... So I agree with you. He's going to start growling because he just moved away and he wants to be comfortable and have scratches. <laughs> um, uh, I think, you know, I agree with you, Kyle. I think, you know, and, and no, no fault to her because to be honest with you, she was just doing what her predecessors did. So exactly. it was yeah. kind of like, you, you know, I think sometimes we need to find a way to yes. And, and to do that, we have to understand um, uh, other things. So we talked about loyalty, which again, I would focus more on engagement. Engagement involves people having autonomy, right? They need to have an opportunity to grow. They need to know that they can grow. You have to check the paycheck box, right? You have to make sure that they're uh, well-fed. Uh, autonomy, growth, and um, purpose, right? They have to have a reason for doing it that goes just beyond kind of the paycheck. Yeah, I mean, um, and I think as an organization, you have to also question, are a lot of the practices the policies or procedures, does it actually play well with the rest of the organization, right? Because you can't say as a company, we really value friendly caring services, but our policies do not allow for us to be on friendly caring, right? The other thing that's coming out uh, here, Kyle, in, in some of these articles and stuff is talking about service above self. And I do agree with that. I do agree with that. But it's interesting because you and I heard an interesting talk recently about they mm -hmm. versus I. And some of us are more they mm -hmm. focused, so focused on being attuned to those around you, and I focused, mm -hmm. being more focused on yourself. And of course, you need the balance to get to we, right? I, I don't mind service above self at all. I think that's a really important piece when you're uh, working in any organization. But I wouldn't say above self, I would say service for others and service for self, because I think we do a very poor job of ourselves as leaders, but also mentoring our teams to identify specifically what they want and ask for it, right? It doesn't mean it's always gonna be a yes, but we should at least be knowing what we want and asking for it. So, and so when so you I, have a culture that fosters that type of level of, thinking and practice that creates a dynamic culture. I totally agree with you. Kyle, the third thing that's in here uh, that would be worth mentioning is kind of curating your brand identity. So part mm -hmm. of that is about company brand identity and that mm -hmm. should in these next 10 years include how you are going to appeal to, uh, to potential employees um, because mm -hmm. you want the best talent and your your flavor is not going to be everybody's flavor. Right. But I also think helping people curate their own brand within the company. So like, like we do these haphazard resumes and people don't think about it. It's like, but what are you known for? What's that unique thing that you're known mm -hmm. for that the organization cannot live without? 
And I think that what that does, and, and leaders might be like, well, if they get so good at this, maybe they'll go somewhere else. And it's like, they might go somewhere else. I said, right. but if you help them curate that, you know what you're going to do? You're, you're going to, you're actually going to create, oh, dare I say it, loyalty. Yeah. You're going to help them curate loyalty because they're going to feel purpose. They're yeah. going to feel purpose in why they're there. It's like, you are my blank person. You are the person who does this, right? And then allowing them to explore it and be flexible when they need to change and, and that kind of thing. I don't know. It Even excites like me. It excites me where, where big corporate culture can go if they just put a tiny bit of time into this and get some buy-in from their leadership. Like, it excites me. I mean, speaking of exciting, one thing I will always remember, and you you hear me all the time bring it up, and no one can say anything bad about this company in front of me, which is McDonald's. I grew up on McDonald's. Yeah. I learned a lot from McDonald's. McDonald's took risk with me. They took a you know chance on me. They mentored me. They do. I mean, they weren't perfect. Any organization, no one's perfect. But there's so many cornerstone principles I learned from McDonald's. Regardless of what you say about them, they did right by me and other people that I still funded mentally hold now mcdonald's for sure would love to have you work there forever and what have you but they actually built me up so i can be better in other companies all right mm, totally girl i'm about to make you laugh sometimes you guys sometimes when kyle's coughing or coughing talking i just do things like like make sure that my pompadour is like nice and crisp and <laughs> oh what a culture what to a culture. try and make him laugh um yeah, so so Kyle, I'm curious, just kind of as we're wrapping up here, um, I'll give you the final word. What is the bottom line here for leaders and what is the bottom line here for uh, uh, employees and team members in an organization? Two main things from the from the leader's perspective, leaders, I know you're operationally task saturated. I know folks above you, especially middle management, um, folks above you are telling you about the operational deliverables. I get it, right? And there's something that should be done for that. And we can help you with that if you don't know how to deal with those conflicting priorities. Definitely reach out to us. But I would say shift some of your time into people focus. Shift some of your time to your one-to-ones when you're truly asking your people, you know, three things around what can we do as an organization to make you feel valued? What can I do as your leader to make you feel valued? What can we do together to ensure that you have a sense of belonging? So that's the leadership side of it. From the employee side, this is where I would say, don't wait for your leaders to meet with you. You meet with them 100% and agree with share that. with them what is one thing they can do or contribute as an organization to make you feel value. What specifically do you want them to do as their leader you know, as um, your leader to make sure you feel valued? And what is the one thing you need to happen in the organization for you to feel a sense of belonging? Kyle, I'm gonna finish on a quick story here. That was the problem I ran into my in my early career. I was mm. so busy focused on like the problem with this and the problem with that, but I wasn't actually taking the time to sit down and ask myself the question, what do I want? And being specific with that ask, I think so often when team are disillusioned, they they walk in more with kind of like problems. They walk in saying, I'm overwhelmed. They walk in saying, yeah. you know, the culture is a problem, but actually what they're not doing is they're not coming forward with one simple initiative that they could begin owning that would make a huge difference 
when you do that, it starts to change. I remember our organization, we were working on a horrendous project that put a lot of people on mental health leave uh, when I was working in one of my previous organizations. And um, and they also decided that our project, it, it had nothing to do with this, but in addition to this horrendous internal software project, we were gonna be the first ones to test the brand new Microsoft Office suite, which was significantly different from the previous suites. And, and um, it was overwhelming for everybody. I put my hand up and said, you know what? I think I know enough about this that I could actually do some lunch and learns. So I started doing lunch and learns and showing people neat tricks that you could do with the software that created efficiency. It's just, you had to think differently about it than how you thought about it now, right? It wasn't drop-down menus, it was using the ribbon. That created such a sense of significance um, for them and for me that it, it kind of eased things. So I think you have to go in specifically with things that you'd like to try and test and, and trial. So folks, that's your imperfect inspired action for this week. Looking forward to connecting with you next week when we are going to talk about bum, 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 flexibility being the new currency. It's our goal to build a global community of inspired action takers. And we can only do that with your help. So if you love inspired action, please leave a review on your favorite podcasting app and share us on your socials. You've heard from us. Now we want to hear from you. Go to inspiredactionpodcast.ca and tell us what is the inspired action you took this week. Next week on Inspired Action for Imperfect Humans. This is really important, Kyle, because I, I really think when we talk flexibility, people are only thinking in terms of their time, but there's so much more to it than that. 